Hi, welcome to Sacred Reading at Brandon High School. I'm so glad that you guys are reading this book with me. This year we are reading Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe, and we are going to start chatting about it. With me today is... Lauren. And so we're looking at the first section of the book, the first 14 chapters, and Lauren told me that she was willing to do this with me, but really wanted to talk about a very specific spot. So what we do is that we pull out a quote from the text, and then we use a four-step process called Lectio Divina, and this is a practice used in Bible study. We are doing that because we are claiming this text as sacred. We are saying that this book speaks to who we are as a community, and that if we slowly read it and talk about it and think about what it's trying to tell us, that it will give us gifts, it will teach us lessons, that we can practice empathy and be better people for reading and talking about this book. So our four steps in Lectio Divina are literal, allegorical, personal, and a call to action, which means we're going to read a quote, and then we're going to talk about literally what's going on in the book right here, where does this come from, and then allegorically, how is this like something in another text or out in the world, where else do we see this, and then personally, how do we relate to this quote and what's going on, and then based on our conversation, what's our call to action, or what do we feel the text is like asking us to do? So, do you want to read the quote, or do you want me to read the quote? I can read it. Okay. The problem with my life was that it was someone else's idea. And that's in two spots. It is the very first line of the book, and then it's also on page eight. And on page eight, when he says it, what's around that is that his mom has asked him, Ari, our narrator, to volunteer at a food bank. She's volunteering. It's summer. She signed him up to do that too. And he says yes. And then he says that he hates being volunteered. The problem with his life was that it was someone else's idea. So if we're literally talking about what's going on here in this book, what is it he doesn't want to do? He doesn't like volunteering. Or he doesn't like... <laughs> The fact that he feels like his life is unplanned, or in his case, it's unplanned, but it was planned by his parents in a way. Yeah. So it's not necessarily, I think, that he doesn't want to go volunteer and help people. He doesn't want to feel obligated. Yeah, and, and he doesn't like that somebody else is making him do it. Yeah. He talks in this first chapter uh, and in this first section about how there's like different rules for summer. And I love the different rules for summer. That's definitely something I feel. I don't have to get up at the same time every day. I don't live my life on a bell schedule over summer. I get to just do things. Bedtimes are a lot looser, even with my kid. And so I like picking over summer. And here, right at the beginning of summer, here's his mom telling him what he has to do at least every week. And he's like, but then that makes my life someone else's idea. He wants to pick. That's what I see literally there, too. If we talk about allegorically what's going on in other texts and in movies, where else do we see somebody who feels like they don't get to choose for themselves? Well, I'm thinking of sort of, I immediately thought of arranged marriages, and mm -hmm. that made me think of Romeo and Juliet, okay. where they're trying to have Juliet marry this older guy. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but... <laughs> He's not really important. 
Paris. Yeah, Paris. (laughs) And they're trying to basically set her up with him, but she's not interested in him at all. Yeah. And so that kind of makes me think of it. And in order to get out of that, she fakes her own death, gets married behind her parents' back, and when she realizes that Romeo didn't know that she was faking her death, she ends up killing herself. Yeah. So to avoid her parents' definition of her life, she ends up killing herself. That doesn't bode well for Ari, does it? No. Um, The one I was thinking of is really because I have a kid and she watches everything Disney because she's little. So I was thinking of Turning Red. It's about a girl whose heritage is Chinese, but she is Canadian. And her mom is very oppressive to, in her view. Her mom wants her to get straight A's. Her mom wants her to come home and help the family on the weekends. Her mom wants her to help cook dinner. Her mom wants her to clean and help with their business. Um, she controls where her daughter goes. So a study session is okay after school is an activity, but a party is not. And our girl, Maylin, feels very oppressed by this specifically it comes to a head when she likes this other boy she thinks this guy is cute and so she's like drawing fan fiction and like art in her notebook like doodles of her and him kissing and that sort of thing she's drawing like art for it and her mom finds this and thinks that this boy is like pressuring himself on her daughter when he has no idea that any of this even exists. He's like the clerk at the convenience store around the corner. And her mom takes her and drives her over there and takes the journal and goes up to the guy and is like, what have you done to my daughter? And shows him. And the girl is so mortified by this that she wants to hide and die and crawl in a hole and doesn't know how she'll ever get over it. And her mom's idea of her is so different from who she actually is at that point that it leads to her mom causing her very greatest embarrassment ever. And that resonates with me in the same way that Ari is like, my mom is controlling everything I'm doing and my life is somebody else's idea. So our third step is to think about personally how we can relate to this quote, how it feels like it's in our lives. Well, for me, not necessarily that my parents control my life and not necessarily that it was their idea, but I was younger. My parents were actually married. They were just dating. Mm -hmm. And they had me after only three months of dating. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely not planned at all. Mm -hmm. But I just think of it like I wasn't planned by really them or by myself and for some reason like during dark times of my life that definitely was something that I it bothered me the most because I felt like I wasn't I don't belong here because I was never actually planned to be here you weren't their idea yeah they didn't plan your life so you you feel the opposite of it yeah wow I would say that if you are here, that that means that they made a choice. Yeah. And not only did your parents, whatever their belief system and everything else, make the choice to carry the pregnancy, but also to stay together, but also not to give you up for adoption. So I know in some other books I've 
I came across a situation in that and the, the character said, unplanned is not unwanted. It may not have been pre-planned by somebody else, but I hope that you always realize and feel that if they made the choice to do this, that you are wanted. Yeah. And if I'm thinking about this someone else's idea and ideals imposed, I see that in my own life, my parents were pretty good at telling me that I could be whoever I wanted to be. My mom was a philosophy major in college. She was an English teacher by trade, but her degree is in philosophy. And so she would tell us to like pick out a cloud in the sky and concentrate on it and try to move it with your mind because your mind is powerful. Girls, your mind is powerful. It can do anything you ask it to do. I was raised very much in that sort of mindset of of put your mind to it and you can do it. And so there, there was a lot of choice there. But I also remember that my father had some very specific ideas about who we should be with. So there's a movie in the 90s called The Bodyguard. Mm -hmm. And it's Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. And Whitney Houston in the movie is a singer. And she is very famous and getting death threats. And Kevin Costner plays literally a bodyguard who steps in to try to figure out who the stalker is that she's getting death threats from and try to save her from it. And in the course of the movie, the two of them fall in love and they share a kiss on screen and they eventually go their separate ways. But this is in the nineties and it was probably the first big blockbuster, at least in a very long time since Sidney Portier where it it was a black woman and a white man on screen kissing. And I can remember my mom, after we watched that movie, saying to me, this is a great movie, and I have no problems with it. But your father would. And that was the first time that I realized that he might have some racist tendencies. Uh, some ideas in that. And I didn't know that because... We lived, our neighbors across the street were black and my dad was friends with them. And so I I had no idea that he had some racist notions in his head. I wonder if he knew he had some in his head, but he definitely would not have wanted me to date somebody of another race. My mom just flat told me that that was a fight I didn't want. And so I was told I could only look at certain people to date. And that stuck with me. And that was an offhanded comment when I was, you know, like probably 12 that she made. And I'm in my 40s and that still is something I hold. So I definitely think that our parents and the people around us can have a vision of our life that can feel oppressive at times. And I am happy in my life. And, and I hope that Ari can, can as well be happy. And, and I hope that we find that as well, even, even with those oppressions. So as we think today about Maylin Lee and my father and your parents, and as we think about Romeo and Juliet and Ari, what do we think the text is calling us to do? Well, I feel like in a way it's trying to say don't let what your parents or what other people tell you to influence the way you want to live your life but also to find your own way in life and don't let 
things that don't matter, such as, like, social media or friends and just fake people to destroy you and break, like, your view in life. I like that. You know, I know Ari says that he is miserable. He says that on the first page. I was 15. I was bored. I was miserable. And he says that the problem with his life is it's somebody else's idea. I'm sure that his misery is connected to the fact that he doesn't feel in control here. And so I think what you say is powerful. And I think that that means that all of us probably need to be a little careful about our controlling natures too. I know as teachers, we're supposed to be in charge in the classroom. But I also think we need to remember that sometimes the best learning happens when we let students talk. So as far as my job and my work, if I am a little less controlling, if I, you know, Ari's mom kind of steers and directs sometimes, but sometimes lets him choose. Yeah. In this early spot, like she tells him he needs to do something for the day, but then he's like, okay, but I do have an idea and it's mine. So I'm going swimming. And so she lets him because he has a real plan there. I want to make sure to kind of check myself and make sure I'm not setting too strict of rules, that I'm allowing people to make their own decisions and not trying to impose the decisions that I think are best on them. Maybe if we all do that, it'll help a little. What else do you see or think about with this? Well, when you brought up the one thing about his mom, like that when he did have a plan, she kind of backed off. And I feel like, in a way, the reason why she has so many rules and stuff is because she wants him to have his life figured out, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't also, she doesn't want him to end up not having some balance in his life, Mm -hmm. but then she doesn't want him to feel like he has to rely on her in a way, or that I feel like she doesn't want him to think that she's controlling (laughs) because later on the book we see that she's really not and she's very supportive of him Mm -hmm. you know it's interesting you say she wants him to have his life figured out she wants him to know what he's gonna do he's 15 I think part of being 15 is not knowing like I've said for a long time as a teacher teenagers by nature It is you guys' nature to try to break rules. You are at the age where you're trying to figure out what rules are breakable and what rules aren't and how you can go about and navigate that. That's kind of in the world where you are trying to go. And as teachers, it's our job to know which ones can't be broken and hold the line. So it's your job to push against it and my job to hold the line. But none of that is personal. And I kind of see that a little with Ari's mom, too. Like, she still loves him, even though she has all these rules. She, you know, combs her fingers through his hair a lot, and she smiles at him. And he says they have this easy way about them. And so she holds the line and gives him these things. But it is, she still loves him. And, and so we can't take it personally. Everybody at this school, every, every student in high school, it's, you're not supposed to know yet exactly who you are and everything in your life that's kind of the whole point is to figure it out yeah I think she's also like that with him because he's the youngest Mm. like in the book it says that he he has twin older sisters who are 12 years older and then Mm -hmm. older brother which that's a whole other situation (laughs) yeah that I'm not gonna spoil right now but his older brother has gotten into some bad things in his life Mm -hmm. and 
I feel like his mom pushes all these rules on him and he even says this himself that she does this probably because she doesn't want him to be like his brother Mm -hmm. he says he's an only child without being an only child because they're too much older than him and then it just ends up like his sisters are like parents to him too because they're too much older and then his brother is what he can't be so all of them are just giving more expectations it's more people controlling what he can and can't be Maybe he just needs some room to breathe. So I guess my goal then is to give everybody room to breathe and make their own mistakes and choices. But just like Ari's mom, maybe be there to catch him if needed. So We'll see where this is going in this book. And if you want to tell us what you think, either about Ari and his mom imposing too much on him and his life not being his idea or about your own experience with an adult in your life who sets the rules and and pushing up against that and and what that struggle feels like. Uh, I'm all ears. There's a discussion board on Canvas. If you click on One Book, One School, you'll see discussion board posts. You can also sign up to be part of this podcast, or you can record a little voice memo on your phone of what you think and send it to me from Canvas there, and I will put it in a future episode of the podcast. I'd love to know what you guys think as we read. Please join us next time as we discuss the next hour or so of reading time. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye.